I got another question for you, George. Wait a minute. Gibbs got to ask a question. What's wrong with you? Would you shut up, man? Constantly. This AI is all edited robot. out. It's just going to seem AI gonna robot go. would be better than you. Just, it's just going to go seamlessly to Gibbs' question, guys. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we don't deserve your applause this week, quite frankly. And if you look at the sponsor, Opportunity Green Room, you'll see John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE Hall of Famer, turned rugby ambassador, and his compadre, King Gifte Beilu, the inventor of words. They're sullen and determined and preparing diligently for this week's show. Because if you look at the Your Company name here, Slate, you'll see that we have a full slate, including George Hook coming back. So let's bring in John and Gift. We didn't have a great week. I had one of the worst weeks, guys. Uh, I, I, it, it was very odd. Yeah, you got you got the sniffles from Stephen Lewis, didn't you? I, that was <laughs> the least of it. We were over in France together, and he comes home sick, and you got the sniffles with Stephen Lewis, didn't you? Didn't you? That's the least of it. As a New York Mets fan... And an Ireland fan, I found myself rooting for the Phillies and for Les Bleus, France. Ew. It's been v- that tough. And We've now, been for England all year. Anywho, it's been an awful, awful week for yours truly. And I am in black mourning for Ireland and for Fiji, the egregious errors in re- officiating that kept the Fijians out. The Irish lost fair and square to New Zealand. That, I am not arguing anything about the officiating in that match. But Fiji was robbed, like Samoa was robbed. I agree with you on this. I mean, I don't think the referees should make a decision. Mills Lane was not noticed uh, when he was in a boxing match. And the reason is because referees are not supposed to be noticed. They're not supposed to affect the game. And if you leave the stadium saying that referee screwed so-and-so or X or this guy or this team should have won because of the referee or not because of the referee, you referee has failed at their job. Well, and I have failed at my job because you, I yes, get, you have. We I get the wooden spoon this week, and I'm dealing with you two, and I get the wooden spoon because it came down to a tiebreaker, and because I was zero and two in the NPC, and John, you were one and one. I get the wooden spoon. Well deserved. Was anybody two and zero? Gift was two and zero in the NPC. Oh, say that again. He was Let's, also say that again. Say that again. Gift say it with the chest. Gift Who was 2-0? and Who was 2-0? and Gift was 2-0 and in the NPC. <laughs> Thank you, champ. Thank you, champ. <laughs> and zero. <laughs> that means See, he late, swept late. the table. It just gets worse because I'm also in the walk of shame for this. Oh, I deserve yeah. it. I'm in it. Anyway, Gift, you were the lone shining star on a dark and stormy night. Kudos to you, my friend. Uh, you were just above mediocre. Still passing. Had to say something <laughs> negative, didn't you, King? See, see, see. I'm People in mourning. For you. <laughs> I'm wearing black. I'm in mourning. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a hater, don't you? King was 2-0. and oh. All he can do is pick the games that are there. King is undefeated. He was undefeated in Tings in the NPC. Okay? Let's break for commercial and welcome in George Hook after this. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. 
If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back, and we're back with George Hook. Before we get started with our What Have We Learned segment, were you surprised that Ireland lost to New Zealand? That's going to require my normal, succinct, but lengthy answer, all right? Uh, Since the beginning of September, every day, Somebody here in Ireland says to me, George, are we going to win the World Cup? And my answer has been the same every time. And it has been short and to the point. We have never got past the quarterfinal in the history of this event. Wouldn't it be a good idea to get past the quarterfinal first? The second thing was in the in the week buildup, I was astonished that the greatest rugby nation on earth, i.e. New Zealand, was being dismissed. And we were the favourites. Now, this actually, funny enough, I think, is generational. You've got one generation like me who saw this New Zealand All Blacks as the greatest team that ever lived in the game of rugby. We never beat them. They were impossible. The, the British National Lions couldn't beat them. Ireland couldn't beat them. Nobody could beat them. Then there's another generation which hasn't seen Ireland really lose to them. We hockeyed them in Chicago. Then we went down to New Zealand and we won the series. So they think New Zealand are just your ordinary common garden rugby team. And they are not. Was I surprised? No. And the bookmaking fraternity on your program probably had the game too close to call in terms of the odds, I would think. Uh, Prop forwards once again approved that they have the intellectual quotient of a dandelion. <laughs> and we see we see the loose head, he gets penalised at the scrum. So now he starts having a running commentary with the referee, yeah. forgetting the first rule of rugby, the ref is always right. So now it's another scrum. He gives away another penalty. And then there's another scrum. And he gives away another penalty. This New Zealand team played like New Zealand. They slowed the Irish ball down the rock. And we cannot function as a team that plays the game fast and wide. We can't function with slow ball. And that's what happened. Three in a row. You were absolutely right. Once you start parking at the ref, as objective as they are, as professional as they are, it's going to change everything. Let's go right to what we've learned. Why don't you kick us off while you're on a roll? Well, what we've learned principally is that world rugby is now doing its best uh, to destroy the game. For the first time in the history of this tournament, we will see two semifinals in which the result is predetermined. We have the first time in the tournament that we know who the finalists are going to be. That simply never happened. And it's an absolute result of an idiot system of of the draw. I am in despair. And now World Rugby are going to, with crass commercialization, put the next World Cup behind the paywall. John, you're used to following tough acts. (laughs) Let's see you follow this one. What have you learned after this round? 
What I learned this week is that we need to go down to Wells and we need to go find that little farmer guy, the, the, the guy who farms and ranches, guy named Nigel Owens. And we need to bring him back because we're getting the wrong thing coming out of these games. These games were tremendous. I have seen barroom brawls that were less physical than these games that we had this weekend. These guys, these are big, tough men, and they were beating the living heck out of each other. It was fun to watch. But what came out of it, if you look on social media and look on different news things that are covering the event was, oh, Fiji got screwed. Oh, Ireland got screwed. That's the wrong thing you want out of this. We got TMO and we got referees. They've got to be better than this. You've got to figure out how to get that done. So the play on the field, one job the referee has, do not affect the game. Simple. If you call a penalty and it's a penalty, that's not affecting the game. That's calling what you're supposed to do. But fans cannot leave the stadium thinking that team was screwed because of a bad call. You've got TMO. You've got all these cameras. We, you got to figure out how to make this right where people that leave the game leave it like I left it and going, that was a heck of a game of rugby because these four games were awesome and fun to watch because these are some big, tough men out there playing rugby with the passion that is hard to believe. You're right. This whole bunker thing has been an absolute crisis at times. It's been it worked. It's worked not enough for how it's failed miserably. Gift, what have we learned? The fact that World Rugby continues to shut down clips of games on social media is actually probably creating more of the issue of people leaving the games talking about the refs. Because before, where you could just simply, you get the clip, you share it around, you talk about it, then you have people have the conversation. And then after that, it despairs to being like, this was a game. World Rugby said, hey, we're going to keep that all to Rugby Pass TV. No need to share it on social media. Let's play it like it's 2012. Actually, 20, 2007. Let's really call it what it is. Number two, uh, I think we really need to have a discussion about the fact that major countries do not need to win the Rugby World Cup. How does Argentina get to a position where they're in the semifinals and they're probably the most broke nation and then England somehow just being able to just barely get over the top mm. of what would have been the other broke nation in this? Money is not changing the game. But we need to know what actually is making the effects there because I think that's what area the secret is to being able to truly grow the game. And lastly, number three, I said it back three weeks ago whenever Ireland played South Africa. I said it again after they went through their, their run uh, at the end of their pool play. I do not know who they are. I don't know what game you were watching, but I, I will say this. New Zealand was the better team. They were deeper, they were stronger, they were faster, and a heroic ending by Ireland came up just shy. So that was oh, just no. a – New know, Zealand also wanted to give away that game by kicking the ball in the last 80 seconds of the game. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> and so did South Africa. Just nuts. But one thing I learned is that Andy Farrell, the Irish coach, has no idea how to work a room. There he is with the biggest smile of smiles while his team are on the field littered wandering around in despair and here he is beaming for everybody I, I, it just it's it was stunning to me that this guy was this happy an english coach coaching an irish team facilitating an irish exit conspiracy theorists call <laughs> me so let's take a quick break and we'll come back with questions for george after this <laughs>
You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. Steven. And we are back. George, we're going to pepper you with some questions. And John is eager to go uh, first because he's in his suit and he's got to bring it back. <laughs> George, how do you fix it? Simple. How do you fix the referee, the TMO, the bunker, so that people aren't leaving the game with the wrong thoughts, thinking their team got screwed or a referee made a bad call? I, well, I mean, I think you fix it by not having any video replays. Uh, and, and the referee just calls that. I mean, uh, you probably weren't around in 1951 when Munster played South Africa, but Munster scored a perfectly valid try, which was deemed to be a forward pass by the chubby referee who was 25 <laughs> yards behind the play. I made a mistake. The world is littered with mistakes, and that's life. But the way to do it is not to stop the game interminably. I think it's an age thing. You know, I, I just think that we're, we're, we're seeking perfection. This is sport. And it doesn't matter whether it's rugby or wrestling, dare I say it, or whatever. It doesn't matter. It is like we saw two quarterfinals, which would have merited World Cup final. Absolutely. Such was the intensity, yeah. the 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 point John made uh, about the quality of the actual players, everything. Like I luxuriated in that. I just don't want the whole thing checked over and over again. But we are now, sadly, you know, in a situation where everything is. Uh, analyzed a million times. I don't know. All right. Is Andy Farrell out? And if he is, who should be his successor? Andy Farrell isn't out. Like, he has produced the greatest Ireland rugby team in the professional era, I hasten to add, because there were better Irish teams, in my view, before the game went professional. He he took over a team for under, from Joe Schmidt that couldn't pass the ball. And he produced a major attacking unit. His uh, work has been outstanding, and we want to keep it. Gift, question for George? Yeah, so George, we have a coach like Michael Sheikah, who's coaching Argentina. You had Ben Gollings back with Fiji Sevens. You had Eddie, George, Eddie Jones back whenever he was working with Japan. You have these coaches that have found a way to take teams that were perpetually underperforming. Is there a way to be able to replicate those kind of coaches for other countries, as in the copycat? Because I think we too many people try and copy, as you said, an Ian Foster, a Steve Hansen, people who have great players, but not people who have done more with less. Can we replicate that? Or is that those? No, I mean, I hear you, but it's an inexact science, you know? And a lot of it, and I think coaches today are very lucky. I mean, 
the head coach in many ways is now a manager rather than the coach because he's got an attack coach, he's got a defense coach, he's got a kicking coach, uh, he's got a scrum coach, he's got a strength and conditioning expert. I mean, they're all there. We're, like when I coached, me, a former second row, had to coach the backs. My first major coaching job as a representative team, I was coached to the backs. So, like, I had to learn. And, and it's a lot easier now because you've got all these experts. And really, you're a manager. You're managing the players and you're managing the other coaches. Replicating it, your question, for the nations, tier two nations and beyond, don't, who can't lure top quality guys, they're going to find it very difficult. But they don't need top quality guys. They need top quality players first. And if you go to Portugal, a country I know something about, it's like you, you won't find... Uh, a rugby team in Portugal south of the Portuguese equivalent of the Mason-Dixon line. Like the game in rugby is primarily in the north of the country. Now, in the same way, if, if you look at Italy, there's really no rugby in Rome. The, yeah. the rugby in Italy is in the north of the country. So these countries have a monster job because there isn't a major pool of players. You can't do it. Now, the one thing that is happening, which I abhor. I didn't do a calculation, so forgive me. I may be slightly inaccurate, but for a little while in the Ireland-New Zealand game, I thought there were more New Zealanders playing for Ireland than there were for New Zealand. So now what's happening, because everybody can play for everybody, you go on your holiday to somewhere, and then suddenly you're playing for them. I'm with Agustin Pichot, the former Argentinian scrum half, who says you play for the country of your birth or your parents. After that, holidays don't count. Agreed. All right. We're almost out of time, George, but I wanted to ask you about the crowd. We also had that social media thing going around where it's like Lord Nelson versus Napoleon uh, having that fight in the stands, too, So I, at the English match. So what was your take on the Irish-New Zealand crowd and then your take on the New Zealand, on the, uh, the boxing match? Well, one of the things that I've enjoyed most about this tournament wasn't on the pitch. I, I when the cameras cut to the ground, it was wonderful. Like, and and you had people who had clearly had travelled thousands of miles to get to France, and you had Fijians there and South Africans there, and and they were in dress and and just I love that. I must say, I love that. On the other hand, what the people watching rugby now are a bit like the people who watch the NFL in America. Nobody plays football in America. There's a population of 330 million people, and there's only 1,600 NFL players. Like, so nobody plays football in America after college. Therefore, the, it well, is after a college, okay. It's a watching sport. So it's about beer, potato chips, and the sofa and a television. Now, what has happened here for me is when I went to Lansdowne Road in, in the early days, 1950s and 60s, everybody in the ground 
was a player or a former player by and large. Now, vast majority of people in the crowd don't look to me like as if they played rugby. They look to me as fans. See, I'm not a fan. It's a very different place now, the ground. It's different. Okay. Well, I didn't say it was better. I said it was different. I, you just, I was, that was going to be my follow up. Is it better? But now, now that you've answered that, we are out of time. I have to hey, thank one, you. One thing, Matt, the, oh, the, shot, the shots of the stadium were awesome. What George is saying, the drone overhead, the way they shot the stadium, they made it look like a World Cup event. They made it look like a huge spectacle. And I, I just thought it was awesome the way they shot the, the entire event. Yeah, yeah. All right. On that note, we are out of time on this segment, unfortunately. Thank you, George, for joining us once again. Thanks, George. Pleasure. This sweater can be purchased in the sale at Switzer's and Co. Department Store in Grafton Street. Courtesy of Irish Rugby Tours. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. And we are Dutch and JBL is great. <laughs> <laughs> From New York City comes America's longest-running and most popular rugby show. The biggest names in Major League Rugby, MLR highlights, and big match previews. Rugby Wrap-Up presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. John Bradshaw Layfield sucks. And we're back with John Bradshaw Layfield, the WWE Hall of Famer turned rugby ambassador and King Gift Bailu, his compadre, the inventor of words, and yours truly, Matt Money McCarthy. All I do is make you money, ladies and gentlemen. It'd be cool if you turned to ash. Like, not, like, like, not like turned rugby ambassador, like turned to ash, like you're cremated. Okay, with that, uh, first off, before we get to the Rugby World Cup and the NPC and the Premiership and the URC, Gift, I have to salute you for something that you said while we were talking with George Hook, and that was uh, you brought up how the social media thing with the clips, you know, uh, we would have our bunker on social media and there would be mitigating uh, circumstances because people would weigh in and agree with the ref and, or disagree with the ref accordingly. It would probably wash itself out. But you're right. World Rugby not allowing us to to share anything is absolute bull****. God forbid we pr promote the game for free and uh, allow people to see the game for free on multiple accounts. For free. Yeah. I mean, you got a controversial call, put it out on social media, let people talk about it. Totally. Everybody knows the best way to get attention for an event is by removing all attention for that event. Right. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. As soon as they tell you you can't see something, that's when everybody wants to see it. Everybody and, wants to see it. And it sure looks like you're hiding it. Hey, right? what was Gift in the NPC again? <laughs> Gift was 2-0 oh in the NPC. <laughs> yeah, King and, Bailu. And I'm not going to root against him because <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to win money here. Gift picked us up this week, John, because you and I frankly sucked last week, okay? The so chance does not know the meaning man. of the word suck. Let's try not to <laughs> suck this week, Layfield, okay? Let's try not to suck this week. I wasn't a goose egg. I was one and one, but King and Bailey was the In best. In the NPC, that's just, just that was like the what we do dolphins. here. In the Rugby World Cup, we're going to give our lightning round picks for the five upcoming matches, and we have... Argentina versus New Zealand. New Zealand, the All Blacks, minus 17 and a half. John. Hey, congrats to Argentina. 
a heck of a game, physical and tough. You guys oh. did it the right way. I think they run into a brick wall here, and I think they get boat raced. But congratulations, Argentina, for making the semifinals. What part of lightning guys. round didn't you understand? I don't care if it's a lightning <laughs> round, dummy. This is a betting show, and I'm going to talk about betting. Gift. Man, I have voted against Argentina oh. every single time. But you know what? I am going to continue because I refuse to believe they are as good as they are. I'll give it a New Zealand for 17 and a half. Matt, New Zealand. That's a lightning <laughs> round. Next, England versus South Africa. South Africa favored by 13 and a half. John. I'm going to take the points and go with England. I don't think they win the game, but I think the, the pride of the English, they're going to play hard. And I believe England covers. Gift. Man, this is going to be one kicking game. But I think South Africa is entirely too violent for for England. They give it to South Africa. <laughs> Matt, ABE, anybody but England, South Africa in a big oh, way. That's new. Except for whenever you always are choosing England. The ABE <laughs> does not mean anything. <laughs> Going from Damn. the semifinals to a final across the globe in New Zealand in the NPC, the Bunnings NPC, we have Taranaki minus three and a half. Versus Hawks Bay, Gift, you were 2-0 and last week. So let's start with John. John, who do you like? Hawks Bay. Loser. Gift. You know what? I was going to – see, now I have controversy with my pick. But Taranaki. Taranaki's been good to you this year. They have been. They have been. But you also picked Hawks Bay correctly. So well, that was the rebellion to you telling me that I was going to lose. So, Bam. you know. <laughs> what are you picking? Taranaki. Ooh, should I be the contrarian? No, because this is a money show, and you don't bet with your heart. You bet with your head, and you bet with your wallet, and I am going with Taranaki. God, we're going to lose. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cast my bet right now. Coming back east, <laughs> all the way back to England for the Premiership, and yes, they are in week two, ladies and gentlemen. We've got some big matches without some key players, but who do you like in one match, John? Saracens is deep. I think Saracens wins on Saturday, even though you got George, uh, Mario, and Farrell playing with England. I'm going Saracens. Gifty? Lester has to live in sadness right now because they don't have anybody representing them on the big stage, so they have to do something on the smaller one. Look, Lester over sale. I'm going to go with the Bristol Bears versus the Northampton Saints. The Bears getting five and a half. Let's go to the URC, the United Rugby Championship, kicking off. It's season. Some big matches there. John, who do you like? Munster. Sharks traveling all over South Africa. Nobody in South Africa is going to care about this game because they got this huge semifinal. Everybody's going to be watching, including the players. Pick Munster. I don't know. I'm torn. I'm torn between that one and the semifinal for the Rugby World Cup. Gift! Yo, look, everybody's celebrating hard right now. South Africa moves on to another semifinal for back-to-back -back World Cups, and the Stormers and the Lions are about to show what it means to really celebrate by trying to emulate their own heroes. But the Stormers will definitely keep picking up from where they left off from last year, take this one to start the season off right, even though it's about as meaningless as top 14. All right, and I, I'm looking at the Leinster-Glasgow match. Both teams are banged up from the World Cup, uh, but I think Leinster's deeper. And they got a chip on their shoulder, and they take care of Glasgow easily. Picks of the week. John, 
England is going to have scored a ton of points if they hope to stay in it with South Africa. I think they can score the points. I don't think they can beat them, but you never know. A lot of pride in the English. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Take the over. You are such a hypocrite. Gift! And why I believe that New Zealand is going to end up beating and really significantly beating Argentina like they've done every single rugby champion, I think halftime score is actually going to end up being much closer. Looking at it as a 15-10 to 10 halftime score, Argentina comes out blasting hard but slows down with the depth. Great, okay. Ben. I'm giving you two. I like the over in the New Zealand versus Argentina match, and I like South Africa to decimate England. <laughs> On that note, we are out of time. I want to thank John Bradshaw, Layfield, the WWE Hall of Famer turned rugby ambassador, King Gifte Bailu, the inventor of words, Mr. George Hook, the Irish rugby legend, and thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter, and please join our American Red Cross Blood Donor Team.